This episode is brought to you by Odd Mo's Pizza in Canby. Handmade awesome pizza plus craft beer, wine, and cider delivered. Order today at 503-263-8444 or visit them online at oddmoes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Canby, your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal, but they take it away from you. We had to learn how to win. Goal can't be in the last second of the game! And interesting conversations. Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact. (laughs) I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. (laughs) With an old maid daughter that makes the best moonshine in the coast. (laughs) If it would have hit me in the face, I think I would have died. I really do. I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? Welcome to Now Hear This Can Be Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler Clawson, and this is what's happening this week in our community. Two people were killed and four more injured in a collision on an Oregon Department of Transportation snowplow on Mount Hood Highway Saturday afternoon on the eastern edge of Clackamas County. The crash occurred approximately at 3.40 p.m. near mile post 59 east of government camp and less than a mile from the border of Hood River County, Oregon State Police officials said. According to investigators, a Subaru Outback operated by 26-year-old Althea Spahn of Beaverton was westbound on Highway 26 with four passengers when she lost control, spun out, crossed into the eastbound lane, and was struck by the oncoming ODOT snowplow operated by Jesse White, 29, of Troutdale. Two passengers in the Subaru, 24-year-old Lillian Alma Spahn and 28-year-old Micah Paul Strauss, both of Portland, were pronounced dead at the scene. The three surviving occupants of the Subaru and the operator of the ODOT snowplow were transported to local hospitals for treatment, troopers said. The roadway was closed for approximately six hours while investigators and first responders worked the scene. Poor road conditions were a significant factor in the crash, officials determined. OSP was assisted by American Medical Response, Hoodland Fire, ODOT, the Clackamas County Medical Examiner's Office, and the Clackamas County District Attorney's Office. White was not the first or only ODOT employee to be injured in relation to this week's winter blast, which dumped up to 10 inches of snow in parts of Portland, installed traffic for hours on Interstate 5 and 205. An ODOT operator, a 10-year veteran of the state's incident response program, was injured Friday morning when his truck was rear-ended by a passenger vehicle on the shoulder of 205 near the south end of the Glen Jackson Bridge. The ODOT operator had been assisting a semi-truck that had been struggling on the icy road and had his Chevron lights activated at the time of the crash. 
This is a reminder that we all need to be extra careful out there, said Ryan Winsheimer, Portland Area Manager of ODOT. ODOT and other emergency responders are out risking their lives to keep the roads safe for us every day, and we need to move over, slow down, and give them the space to work. Canby's beloved downtown cafe, Gwen's Coffee House, plans to close for the last time when its lease expires at the end of March. But a group of loyal customers is making sure they don't retire without knowing how much they have meant to the community over the years. They have given immensely to the community over the past five years, creating this family-friendly gathering place that has truly become Canby's living room, explained one of the organizers, Sue Barr. I can't imagine them going into retirement without the community thanking them with this celebration. Barr, her daughter Charity Barr Payne, Linda Tate, and other community members have been planning the retirement bash since shortly after the Gwen family announced the retirement plans last month. The family hopes to sell the business, including its equipment and recipes, to a new owner. The retirement party is planned for 4.30 to 7 p.m. Thursday, March 16th at Gwen's. Wayward Sandwiches and Cuts Forth Market are donating food, beverages, and desserts to the effort, Barr said, and Holbert's is chipping in with flowers. Organizers have invited local elected officials and other dignitaries to the event, but are hoping the turnout includes many of those whose lives the Gwen's have touched over the years. Mallory was the human resources person at Owl's Garden Center and hired me back in 2005, Barr recalled. He was also a key person in helping Charity and Linda put together a community-wide celebration for Linda's World War II veteran father, Bill. And now, all the Gwens come to work each day wondering who they'll see that they've known from other areas in their lives. It's come full circle, and we are thankful to know them. In addition to the March 6th event, Barr said that there will also be a large container at the coffee shop for thank you cards and gifts for the family, as well as a guest book for customers and community members to share a special message or memory with the family. The collection bin and guest book will be available throughout the month of March. Barr also suggested guests consider leaving a retirement tip the last time they visit the shop. Gwen's last day of business has not yet been announced, but is expected at the end of March or early April. While this week's wintry weather and continued sub-freezing temperatures necessitated some scaling back of Saturday morning's Iwo Jima Remembrance Ceremony at the Canby Adult Center, it failed to derail the event completely. As Canby Aurora veterans of foreign wars post-6057, Commander Martin Lachnier, in his final time as MC of the annual ceremony, Riley wrote, 
The weather was not ideal on Iwo Jima either, and the rains did not reschedule. The event is traditionally staged on a Saturday before or after the conventional Iwo Jima Remembrance date of February 19th. It has been held faithfully every year since the small Iwo Jima Memorial was installed outside the Kambi Adult Center on the battle's 50th anniversary in 1995. The event was organized by the VFW Post and Auxiliary with support from other partnering groups, organizations, and individuals. Iwo Jima was one of the bloodiest battles in World War II, particularly for the U.S. Marine Corps, which lost almost 7,000 men in 36 days of fierce fighting. Those in attendance this year include local World War II Navy atomic veteran Harvey Irwin, Korean War veteran Leonard Rothenberger, and Vietnam veteran Jerry Baggy. According to tradition, Irwin and other veterans, along with family members and dignitaries, sprinkled packets of black sand from the island on the rock at the Canby Adult Center that is dedicated to those who fought at Iwo Jima. Dignitaries included State Representative James Eve, who was also an Iraq War Marine veteran, Canby City Council President Tracy Hensley, and City Councilor Jason Patton. For photos, visit our website on Facebook or Instagram at Canby Current. Three key Canby School District staff members have been recognized in recent months for going above and beyond in their service to local students and families receiving the Canby Area Recognition of Excellence, or CARE, award from Canby Kiwanis. Canby Kiwanians established the CARE Award to provide opportunities to recognize teachers, counselors, coaches, and other staff who make a difference in the lives of others and in the community. Typically, the committee honors a single district staff member with the award each month. In December, the CARE Award went to Baker Prairie Middle School Principal Jennifer Turner, who plans to retire in June of this year after 40 years in education, 25 of them in the Canby School District. Then in January, it went to Canby High School Technical Assistant Evan Berry, followed in February by beloved Karis Bilingual Instructoral Assistant Celine Gonzalez. Several staff members nominated Turner with one pointing out that time was running out to honor her. One of her nominations noted that she is the first to show up to school in the morning and the last to leave. It also said that she always offers a caring ear and a needed hug. Other staff members who wrote nominations said how thankful they were for her. Jennifer is the most generous and genuine boss anyone could ever ask for, Ruby Maderno said. She cares so much for everyone who surrounds her. She wouldn't even hesitate to step in and help or sacrifice her own time and self-care to help you. With the award rotating schools for the first time this academic year, next up the Canby High School and the award going to Barry, who went above and beyond to serve students this fall when he stepped up to get certified as a teacher to fill a gap, according to his nomination. 
Barry developed the curriculum, systems, and structures for the class. Now, in his regular role, Barry continues to share his depth of knowledge and build trust with his students. Then, just this month, the CARE Award went to Gonzalez, who was shocked when the district staff arrived at the CARE's front office to surprise her. Gonzalez reportedly goes above and beyond to make all families feel welcome at Karis and is always asking what more she can do to help. We could not do the work that we do without Celine, her nomination said. She makes Karis better. As CARE Award winners, Turner, Barry, and Gonzalez were invited to the corresponding monthly school board meetings and honored there. They received a plaque and a gift basket from the local businesses in recognition of their work. Cougar Country Hometown Sports Coverage is brought to you by Rife and Hunsaker PC. When you need an attorney, turn to the firm Camby is trusted for over 50 years. Call them today at 503-266-3456. For the latest sports news, follow us on Twitter at Cougar Country or on Instagram, Cougar Country Pod. Trying out for wrestling for the first time this season proved to be a good move for Camby Jr. Tyler Knold who claimed second in his weight class and was the Cougs' top performer in the USAA Wrestling State Championships at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Portland on Sunday. An unseated rookie going into Sunday's match on the sport's biggest high school stage, Knoll was defeated by top-ranked Von Halstead from Thurston, narrowly missing his chance to bring Camby its first individual wrestling title since 2010. Knold's road to the finals was certainly no cakewalk. Taking down 7th-seeded Brian Cortez of Eagle Point in the opening round and upsetting 2nd-ranked Emiliano Roca of Dallas by a 6-5 decision in the quarterfinals. Knold is well known to Camby fans on the gridiron where he has been the Cougs starting running back and go-to offensive superstar leading the Northwest Oregon Conference in rushing yards for two years straight despite missing four of nine games due to injury in 2022. But wrestling has come naturally to the multi-talented athlete who won his first tournament after only three weeks of practice. He went 27-6 and in his rookie season this year, including his eyebrow-raising performance at the state championships. In other performances, senior Ethan Ensrud capped his outstanding high school wrestling career with a bronze medal finish in the 160-pound division, defeating Silverton's Oscar Marks with a pin at 158 in the consolation finals. Ensrud, the top seed in his bracket, went 4-1 in the tournament, defeating Churchill's Caden Schmidt by fall in 1 minute 47 seconds, and Dallas's Eli Hess in an 11-0 major decision before a loss to Ridgefield's Dylan Lee kicked him into consolation bracket. Ensrud went on to pin Putman's Kyson Clay in 4 minutes 57 seconds to qualify for the third place match. 
Jackson Doman at 182 pounds and Gideon Noss at 220 pounds both claimed sixth-place finishes for the Cougs, adding 12 and 13 points, respectively, to the team's score. The Cougs finished in eighth place with 96 points, ahead of Hillsborough and just behind Silverton at 101.5. A total of 18 Cougar grapplers qualified for the state brackets. They included Cody Stevenson, Dean Williams, Craig Williams, Nico Yazzolino, Matthew Young, Benjamin Young, Landon Sprague, Thomas Marquise, Peter Sansone, James Kinnunen, Isaiah Parsons, Wyatt Samarin, Gabe Baker, and Paul Mazinla. Natural gas, uh, water lines out to the garage, extra bookshelves for my comic book collection. Hey, Tyler, house hunting, huh? Find one with everything you're looking for? I might have. This one has an ideal floor plan and all the utilities set up the way I want. It's perfect. Well, that's great. And the place has the internet service you need as well? Uh, the internet? I, I guess I didn't to check that tyler 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 internet is an important utility just like electricity and water before you decide on a home it's always a good idea to make sure it has access to quality high-speed internet okay but how do i do that i don't have the time to call around to different providers and see what they offer hey ain't nobody got time for that all you need is the new fiber homes extension for zillow it's a simple plug-in for your internet browser that automatically tells you if any real estate listing has a fiber connection and who the provider is that way you know even before you schedule a walkthrough if the property supports super fast and reliable speeds Okay, well that's pretty cool. So how do I get this browser extension thingy? Just visit directlink.coop slash fiberhomes. They have instructions for how to set it up. And the best part? Any home in the Canby and Mount Angel areas with a fiber connection is going to be served by Directlink. So not only do you have access to reliably fast gigabit speeds and amazing local service, but also unlimited data, no hidden fees, and advanced Wi-Fi equipment included with every package. Okay. Uh, oh, look! This one does have fiber! Sweet! Hey, I'll be invited to the housewarming party, right? As long as you bring a computer. If you or someone you know is searching for a new home in the area, visit directlink.coop slash fiberhomes to find results that have access to DirectLink's fast, reliable, and secure fiber optic network. Right, we are out here at Canby High School chatting with some of the cast and crew of the upcoming production of The Little Mermaid. And we are happy to introduce Tyson Driver. He's a junior at Canby High School and he plays Scuttle. Yes, he Scuttle is the bird who forges for little artifacts, trinkets, and <laughs> pawns them off to Ariel. And just like makes up what they yeah, really are, that's right? Where like, oh, this is a Dingle Hopper yeah. comes from. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm not in a uh, huge chunk of the show because obviously a lot of it is under the under sea the and I am a bird. I I do a quick costume change to appear in under the sea, help out some of the sea creatures there. But um, 
Yeah, but I'm I do really like the character of Scuttle just because he pops in and he only has a couple scenes, but his scenes are very memorable. Yeah, it's a very comedic role, right? Yeah. yeah. Tell me how you kind of get into doing comedy. Uh, well, I've been getting a lot of com. Well, I want to say I'm just a very funny person naturally. <laughs> I was about to say I've gotten a lot it's of comedic natural. Yes. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of comedic roles, but honestly, I've been playing a lot of villains' assistants. Okay, has been my main. Roles Which for a long time. Usually are the comic relief. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm the comic relief in real life. I would say because <laughs> I, I've been trying to be threatening in for most of the roles. But this is a nice change of pace where I can be funny, be mm. silly. Yeah. Uh, I got a little voice going. Um, yeah. How did yeah. you come up with that? I just did it during audition. I was like, oh, I'm gonna tweak it because that really wears down your voice if you yeah. do it a lot. Right. And I just stuck, so I try not to do it too often. Yeah, so you uh, deserve it for opening yeah. night. Yeah, absolutely. Don't lose my voice. Yeah. Um, so tell me uh, about The Little Mermaid. Obviously, everyone knows it's a Disney movie. Everyone's seen seen that. Um, I imagine there's some similarities, but are there some differences as well? There. I was actually... We read through a couple scripts before this year started, and this was the script for a musical I really liked because uh, it has a bit of a different structure... I'd say that Prince Eric gets a lot more character development and time to like appreciate Ariel for who she is rather than getting distracted just because Ursula has the same voice. Right. He really does like choose her at the end, which I think yeah. is really nice. There's also quite a bit of added songs and they're all very good, especially She's in Love. And if I'm going to be biased my song, I do like quite a bit. <laughs> you have a song. Yes. Okay. They yeah. add- yeah. The, the Scuttle did not have a song in the movie. Yes, yeah. he does not. And since I appear enough, they give me a song. Nice. Positivity. You'll need to come to the show to hear it. <laughs> Sneak peek. Yeah. It is sell it, man. Very nice. I always wondered why Ariel, when she loses her voice, uh, spoiler, sorry if no one's seen it, but um, why she didn't just like write a letter or something to like explain the situation. I am... I didn't think about that. I think that that would probably be, be, I'd say, because she doesn't necessarily know, like, how to write mm-hmm. English-wise. Maybe they have a different written language down in the ocean, little Maybe. scribblings yeah. on the rocks. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't know how to read, though. She has books and stuff. In oh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, something I, you don't have to defend <laughs> you guys, so don't worry. Um, so tell me a little bit about your uh, past uh, career with acting and uh, productions that came behind. I've been doing every show since seventh grade. That's okay. when. That's when here in Canby, a lot of that's when theater sort of opens up. Not a lot of elementary schools have a club. Yeah. But yeah, with Baker Prairie, I think we started with the Twelve Days of Christmas, and I was just. A little kazoo playing man mm-hmm. there, uh, which you now brought to your. Yeah. <laughs> <Scuttle> place, <no. laughs> I um, yeah, I I was mostly focused on like cross country at that point, and then I realized like yeah, this is really special. Uh, made more time for it. I got Ed in the Lion King that year. Mm. I was gonna be Iago in Aladdin the next year, yeah. and then COVID happened. It got shut down. There was a lot of like little bits of theater. There was a Cinnamon Bear radio drama we did right. over COVID on that. Zoom. Yeah, and you were part of that? Yeah. Yeah, I was, it was a different experience. And huh? Santa's helper in that or something. Yeah. And then 
there was Senior One Acts, where mm-hmm. we filmed in yeah. a little, in Gwyn's Coffee House, actually. Okay. Just, they have a backstage, and yeah. they, they were very helpful and gave us that space. Um, cool. And now, yeah, we got our new director, Sullivan McIntosh, my sophomore year, and now we've really been expanding what we do here. We've got, uh, we finally have a theater class that was being worked for so long mm-hmm. by a lot of the members of the troupe. So, that's yeah. part of the curriculum now. Uh, yeah, it's like a elective class. Awesome. Uh, for yeah, no, I know the yeah. students and um, uh, parents and advocates have been pushing for that for for a while. So yeah, that's to awesome. help it make it a real sort of club that you can take your knowledge from the class yeah. and help out. Because also this isn't limited to acting. We've been getting a lot really great tech people in too, especially India Stoltz, our student tech director. Yeah. She's a sophomore and she's been leading so much of mm. all of the making everything, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So tech's been really good too. Just, yeah. We're really good community here. And yeah. That's what I really value awesome. about theater. Awesome. Gotta, gotta ask you about your costume. It's very, um, it's very like yeah. practical, right? It's yeah. not like... A Halloween costume that's sort of made like you kind of pieced it together, like obviously orange socks, Our orange knee socks for the orange <laughs> legs and the yeah. flippers. <laughs> yeah, you you obviously can't see it now because it's over audio, but I do have little flippers on. Our cost- I would say little is uh, maybe not the word. Yeah, it's a, they're, they're big flippers. Large. They're about we're half walking a- down the hall and it's just like <laughs> flop 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 flop. Um, <laughs> our costume designers worked to not necessarily have that. Because in some productions of the show, you can see, like, we went to Party City, we got a crab costume right, kind of thing. Right. We're using what we have in our closet. Yeah. We're getting extra ideas. I like that. Uh, like, uh, Sebastian has a very, like, flowy coat kind of thing very yeah. profe- for his professional conductor role. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, the character of Flounder has Heelys on. Okay. <laughs> so he can just float through the water. Um, it's, yeah, I think, sorry, I got tripped up there. Um, yeah, it's just meant to embody that character without necessarily being that fish, because right. that would just be basic. What they were going for with my character, Scuttle, was a dad on vacation kind of thing. <laughs> I have a Hawaiian shirt on in yeah. the vet show, too. Um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So you have to wear socks. Uh, yeah, I've got some orange socks on because yeah, <laughs> yeah, can't be without. Yeah, awesome. Um, last thing I wanted to ask you, Tyson, was just kind of what you're excited about um, for opening night and what you hope audiences experience or take away yeah. from the show. I hope they see the great amount of work we've been putting in. This has been the shortest production span mm. for a show that we've had. Yeah. And then there was those two snow days that we got right. because of <laughs> that, all that ice over the road. Right. So we've, been had to, we've had to sort of catch up, especially with costuming these yeah. past day and just really get our, everything set because yeah. we have everything ready. Sea just, creatures are just not used to sn- snow. Or yeah, like that. They, so that's not something that you were, yeah. yeah they're not used to solid ice. They <laughs> get slipped right. on that. Um, but yeah, and I hope they, they really have a fun time and just enjoy the new songs, enjoy the songs they know. Nice. Just see the work we've put in awesome. and enjoy it. Great. Thanks, Tyson. Yeah. Okay. All right, go find me another victim. Okay. I shall.
All right, tell me your name and what you do in the show. I'm Emerson Sager, and I'm an assistant stage manager. Okay, awesome. Um, so I've been talking to some of the cast today, and mm-hmm. they have just been praising to the stars, the uh, crew, and all the, the tech that goes into the show. It's mm-hmm. crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about it. Um, well, as a stage manager, we are with the production from the very beginning. Yeah. So I feel really lucky to be in a position of tech where I get to see the entire show come together. Yeah. Because a lot of tech people just come for dress rehearsals or mm. final rehearsals and stuff. Yeah. Um, but being in this position, it is really cool to be able to see the entire show come together. Um, and that also gives me really cool insight on things I can do to better the production. Mm-hmm. So this production, me and my stage, man- stage management team have been trying to do a lot of like mental health awareness type of things. Really? Because it's exhausting yeah. being here. We're here three hours every day. Yeah. Um, you know, aside from snow days, like how we've right. been getting or <laughs> things like that. Um, yeah. But from the beginning of this production, I told our directors and our everyone, I was like, I really want to try to focus on the mental health aspect mm-hmm. of what we're going through yeah because it is a lot and it's more than sports you right. know like and I think people don't really realize it yeah um so that's been a really special thing for me to try to foster that you know kind of community that can nurture those types of things yeah so that's been really fun yeah yeah awesome for a show like this um you know for a lot of theater uh I feel like the spotlight haha right mm-hmm. uh, is is usually on the the singing and the talent and mm-hmm. the acting right and um th- and obviously the, the tech is crucial to any production, but for mm-hmm. one like this, it's really more front and center and really mm-hmm. is like over the top and really yeah. critical to the show coming off the way it's supposed to come off. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you feel like that's true for a show like this? Um, yeah. That, that it really is instrumental to kind of everything that goes on on the stage. Yeah, completely. I mean, I was really introduced to it with our previous production of Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Because with Which that... Which is a big one as well. You that was multiple a levels huge one, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, watching that come together was crazy for me because it was really my first like big introduction to theater um because it was my freshman year and I I didn't really understand and we were just coming off of COVID right so I didn't get any middle school theater so coming into Sweeney Todd was huge for me yeah Yeah. um and I thought that was like the height of theater and now (laughs) here we are like yesterday we got a speech all the techies were like guys this is bigger than (laughs) than Sweeney was because I think for Camby Sweeney was really big yeah um just it's one of the most complex productions we've ever you know done here yeah um but it's just it's a very stark contrast between sweeney and little mermaid like mm-hmm. there's way more moving parts and even though they're not like as substantial as like someone falling through a platform um <laughs> yeah they're they definitely make the show what it is mm-hmm. um i mean even yesterday we had our first dress rehearsal and seeing everything come together was just so amazing and it's hard because from backstage it, it doesn't it doesn't you don't get the full idea right. of what's going on so it can be a little sad almost like I feel myself getting sad sometimes because I'm like I won't be able to experience what our audience is experiencing right. and I never have been able to because from my freshman year I've been in every production well in the the fine arts center is a little weird right mm-hmm. with the acoustics I've done a couple of things where I've been backstage and it mm-hmm. sounds totally weird no it I mean I, I would like yeah. almost the first time I was like oh no something's going wrong with yeah. the sound but it wasn't it just sounds so it, weird back there yeah everything is so different and yeah. it, I mean I get nervous because I'm like I've spent so much time on this and now from backstage like the waves look so stupid and everyone sounds bad like this is so like why did I even put my time into this? Um, yeah, what have I done? Yeah, but then you see like the recordings of people or yeah. um, how like happy people are. Like yeah. I was pinning up someone's dress today because I try to help anywhere because I mean if you could go backstage right now it's a mess. <laughs> but I was, you know, I try to help anywhere. I'll, I do makeup and costumes and I try everything. But 
I was pinning up someone's costume and she was like, I was like, it's a stressful week, you know, like, it's okay if you need help, like, yeah. let me know if I can help you or, you know, bring you water or food. And she was like, no, like, I'm just happy to be here and I'm happy to see everyone, you know, like, happy and it makes me feel bad when people are stressed. And yeah. I was like, how eye-opening to see, like, just people having so much fun. Yeah. And I can get really down on it just because I'm here so often and I've, you know, gotten rid of so many other commitments to be here. I can, I feel like a lot of us stage management especially can be really hard on ourselves. Yeah. But then like we hear people like that who are just happy to be here yeah. and happy that they're in costume, even if their costume is way too long for them or <laughs> doesn't fit right. They're just happy to be here and to be able to be surrounded by this community. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, um, it's a pretty big production mm -hmm. cast and crew. I don't know exact numbers, but it's definitely bigger. Yeah, especially coming off of COVID, we yeah. were really, really careful because mm. um, you know our directors are super precautious about that, which I'm so thankful for because yeah. we do have a lot of people in theater who come here as like a safe space, you know, if they're immunocompromised or things. Um, but I feel like with this production, we've really gotten to blossom into how much we can have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, way more techies than normal, mm -hmm. and also just a bigger cast, you know, with our amazing ensemble along with our leads. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, how was this um, show chosen? I know that the, the students are mm -hmm. often very involved with what uh, yeah. production you guys pick. So we did Sweeney Todd last year, <laughs> so that was <laughs> you, a you mentioned yeah, that yeah. was a pretty um, like. Dark. Dark, heavy. spooky. Yeah. A lot of the parents didn't like it. You know, they didn't want to bring their little kids. Yeah. Um, so I we, loved it, but I did yeah. not bring my kids. No, I loved it too. Like, I, that was my, my daughter. Um, it was right before COVID, right? You, you wouldn't have been at school, but um, maybe you remember or heard about it. Uh, but the Little Shop of Horrors. Mm -hmm. And I brought my daughter to that. <laughs> just because I thought it would be fun. She was horrified. Yeah. When, <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. I mean, Audrey got eaten. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, sorry. It's, <laughs> no worries. It's definitely, it was a lot coming yeah. off of Sweeney. So we were like, all right, we need to do something to kind of cleanse the palate yeah. of, you know, can be, I guess. And we had three choices. I don't know if I can, probably I could say. It was the Beauty and the Beast, the Adams Family, or the Little Mermaid. And I was so against the Little Mermaid. I was like, because from a tech point of view, it's a, like, it's such a hard show. Yeah. We have no fixed props on the stage which is crazy, again, coming off of Sweeney, where it's like we have this huge fix. So you have fix. to change settings so many times. Yeah. yeah, so there's nothing on the stage that stays there. Yeah. So when we take everything off, it's just a blank stage, basically, right. for the whole show. Yeah. So we have to do all the tech magic and stuff to yeah. get it to where it is. So literally, like, I was telling everyone, I was like, I swear to goodness, if we get the Little Mermaid, like, I might quit. I quit. Like, I don't, I can't do this. I can't do the Little Mermaid. Oh, and I was telling, funny. literally telling our director this, and yeah. she knows that we're doing the Little Mermaid. It's like, it's like, Sully, I... I, we can't do it. Like, yeah. don't make us do the Little Mermaid, please. Like, I was just, like, crapping on the Little Mermaid. <laughs> and Sully just, like, smiles at me, and I was like, oh, my God. No, it's happening. <laughs> and then it got announced, and I was like, ugh. But I've grown to love it. Um, yeah, but it's definitely a very heartwarming show. And yeah. I watched the movie, actually, a couple nights ago, because I was just like, I need a little comfort movie. Yeah. Um, and it really just, like, brought back, like, how special it is. Mm -hmm. um, for kids and how special it is that I get to be a part of this production, you know, from a show that's brought so many people so much love through the yeah. years and um, again, kind of changing the show to how it fits in our world, you know, like changing costumes, um, incorporating people who maybe weren't represented in the original Little Mermaid, you know, like just really being able to bring like our, what we try to do in the theater community, very like inclusive and, you know, bringing that to this like classic kind of set in stone yeah. type of story. Um, yeah, I just think it's really beautiful to be able to take something 
so kind of otherworldly, you know, like how The Little Mermaid is. Like, it's a Disney classic. Like, yeah. everyone knows of it. But then being able to kind of bring the lens down and focus it on Camby and, you know, being like, yeah, I was a part of The Little Mermaid. Or, yeah. like, for Ray to be able to say, oh, yeah, I played Ariel. Like, yeah. that's such a special, special moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm really grateful that we have that for our, for our people. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. All right, tell me your name and what year you are in school. Hi, uh, my name is Araya Moore. I go by Ray, and I am a senior this year. Okay, and let me, you're in costume, let me guess who you're playing in the show. <laughs> Eric, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, star of our show, uh, Ariel. Ray, thanks so much for talking to us. So, tell us a little bit about the character to you. Yeah, um, she's a lot of fun, honestly. <laughs> I have a lot of fun with her. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think some of it's like, personal experiences mm. I've had, you know, because, yeah, she just, she's so much fun to play. Mm. She's very bubbly and very, like, kind of rebellious, yeah. and I really like that about her. Yeah. Um, she's sort of whimsical, too, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Very kind of wide-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> learning about the world, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, can I ask you, is this your hair? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> is, it, is it a wig or coloring? Or? Yeah, this, it looks this very is a wig. Good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my actual hair is shorter. <laughs> <laughs> I just ask because I know, um, uh, like, the the for redheads and, and whatnot, mm. like, the, the hair color is very important and kind oh, yeah. of very representative of oh, yeah. her. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, got some ginger roots, but not that much. <laughs> okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so were you excited when you found out that um, the uh, theater was doing Little Mermaid? Well, yeah, I've always I've always wanted to like be some sort of Disney princess. Okay, it's a big thing. For Would you me. have picked Ariel, or <laughs> did you have a different favorite? Um, Ariel's like my I think my top three. Honestly, okay, fair. I really like Anna from Frozen. Sure. And I like Rapunzel, but yeah, I think Ariel's definitely up there for me. Yeah. I, I love her. She's yeah. So much fun. Yeah, yeah, awesome. You do a lot of singing, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's that like? Is that crazy? Is that well, something I, that you always wanted to do? or? I love singing. Okay. Singing's always been like a really big part of my family. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun with it. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you a big water person? Are you a big uh, ocean? Do you like to swim or anything like that? Thing, funny thing about that. <laughs> I'm actually terrified of the ocean, <laughs> which is so funny. Yeah, great character for you. <laughs> I'm like, get me out. Yeah, yeah. Why? Just uh, I not a fan. I think when I was younger, my sister like tried to drown me. Yeah. And I was like, what <laughs> <Okay>. the heck? <laughs> that would do it. it <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but we have a good relationship now. Okay, good. <laughs> the attempted murder is in the past. Okay, fair enough. Um, talk to a few of your fellow castmates and, and uh, some of the crew as well and kind of talking about, obviously, we all kind of grew up with this movie, yeah. right? And, and um, kind of experiencing it, again, as a little bit older or young adult. Um, did you sort of notice things about the story that were a little bit deeper to you or more meaningful to you that maybe you glossed over or just weren't there for you when you watched it as a kid. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of Ariel's story, it, it's kind of more touched upon in this, I think, 
like you you learn a lot more about her i watched i watched the movie now and i'm like i notice all these little things about her like she has all these interests you know the human world is so interesting to her and it's like yeah, yeah i know what that's like you know having these kind of hyper fixations on it well and ariel is a teenage girl yeah like, like you are i mean do you notice uh, yeah. do you kind of pick up on similarities at all kind of what oh, she yeah. that character experiences and mm-hmm. a little bit of what you might be going through or what your friends might for sure yeah she's you mentioned the rebelliousness <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah i think you know a lot of a lot of growing up and a lot of like being a teenager you're kind of just figuring out who you are mm-hmm. a lot and i've definitely gone through that yeah. i can think of so many people who have gone through that right. and i like I, I just love the story because she's really the like number of times my dad has forbidden oh, me yeah. from going to the service yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but just like you know just sort of finding out where you belong and you know she just feels like she doesn't fit in mm-hmm. underwater and i think she's finally like getting to know who she is and where she belongs and that's really i think that's important yeah yeah um i guess the last thing i want to ask you is mm-hmm. what you're most excited about for opening night coming up this week <laughs> uh well song wise i think my favorite song is an act two Mm-hmm. It's beyond my wildest dreams. It's kind of the song she that's, sings. That's a unique one for the musical, right? Oh yeah. Okay. When she gets like to the palace, yeah. and it's kind of like in her head. Like mm-hmm. these are her thoughts, and it's yeah. like this is just so fun. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Ray. Yeah. Break a leg. Thank Have a great you. time. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears, even chainsaws? No, that's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, Or that baby sea otters can't swim, so their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle? Wait, do you know any trivia that isn't, like, animal-related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest-running, locally-owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I, and, wait, what? And they love to give back. They've been members of the Camby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year. Wow, I'm legitimately like caught off. That's cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. Uh, dude, I'm te- I'm 10 months younger than you. With, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net. All right, why don't you tell me your names and who you play in the show? Uh, well, here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Nicole Hoffert, and I'm an ensemble person. Hi, Nicole. What is, what is that? Uh, so, basically, it's, like, kind of more background characters, but we, like, fill in a lot of, like, 
we're like the choir kind of mm. of the theater thingy. Awesome. And I do like I'm a sea creature and a maid, which are like two different types of background character people. So. Mm -hmm. And what year are you? I'm a sophomore. Okay. Hello, my name's Catherine Marquez. I'm a freshman. Oh, awesome. And I play Windward, which is like the trumpet seahorse that announces everybody. Okay. And I'm also a maid in the ensemble. Okay, awesome. And what was, what's your, um, you know, are you like super loud or how did you get that role? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure my diction is pretty good. And I guess when I talk, I talk kind of slower and louder because mm. I'm not mic'd, so I think that's what <laughs> awesome. got that. <laughs> yeah. um, are you always like announcing people? Is that something that you're I'm only announcing one thing. I'm announcing Sebastian when he comes out, but mm. I do get to play a real trumpet, oh, which cool. is kind of cool because I'm in band as well. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, the listeners can't see this, but you guys have some great <laughs> costumes, so I'll tell me a little bit about that. Uh, I mean, it's definitely a work in progress. Uh -huh. Like, I've got like a bunch of stuff thrown Super together. Super fun though, right? And yeah, very pretty it's a lot of cool colors. Sparkly, sequiny. Yeah, the costume department is like really cool, but also like I'm guessing they have a lot of stress because they have to costume like everyone and yeah. like listen to all of our Requests. actor demands. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, the costumes are like really sick though. Like everyone looks so cool. Yeah. It's so yeah, yeah, really fun. Were you guys excited? So I have an eight-year-old daughter who loves oh. The Little Mermaid and would yes. just be over the moon if she got to be in a production of it. Um, but I don't know high school girls. Is that something that, like, you were really excited about? Is it, like, really cool? Is it something you kind of grew up with? or The Little Mermaid? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I really liked all the Disney princess movies, and I watched them a lot because we had a VHS thing in my room. I remember, click, right? black, rewind. Yeah, yep. and so we, my mom would put on a movie, and we'd just watch it, and it was usually like Princess and the Frog, or a lot of, most of the time, yeah. The Little Mermaid. So yeah. I thought it was really cool, and I don't know, and I feel like I really wanted to be in theater when I was younger because it's so cool to watch, and it's so cool to be in it, so I feel like combining the two was really cool. Yeah, yeah awesome. What about you, Nicole? Uh, well, I mean, my first, like, teenager instinct was, like, uh, are we in high school? Kiddish? But I mean, yeah, yeah. like, it took, it didn't take me that long to realize that it is still a lot of work, and mm. it can still be, like, it doesn't have to be mature to be mature, because, yeah. like, we just have to put a lot of love in it, and I don't know. I mean, I watched this movie growing up, and I said it was my favorite when I was a kid, so it's just really cool to be able to be in it. Yeah, yeah. Are you finding, kind of looking at it again um, as an older person and uh, young ladies, maybe more things about the character or more things about the story that kind of appeal to you that you didn't jump out at you when you were a I little mean, kid? Ursula is way cooler than you would think. Yeah. yeah. She has her own song yeah. and it's, she has several songs, but like, yeah. Daddy's Little Angel. Oh, unfortunate soul, right? Yes. That yeah, one? Yeah. But Daddy's Little Angel is... A new one? It's a new... It's a part of the musical, not yeah. the movie. Right. But it's like... It's telling her backstory more, and you get to know Ursula more, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. No, Ursula, even from the movie, like, super Yeah, and Eric, villain, right? too. Yeah. Eric, yeah. he's also not a piece of cardboard in the There's musical. There's so much more character development. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. The character development is way better than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, King okay. Triton isn't just mean dad figure. Yeah. He's like... Such a jerk. He's, 
No, he's in, in he's the movie. In good the movie. now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. but he like he More. like you find out that like Ariel's mom passed away, and that's like a motivation, and he's like missing her and like trying to mm. figure out how to be a father. Right. And all his songs are so good, and mm. Owen, who plays him, is cast perfectly. <laughs> we love him. He's great. Nice. And then also, Eric, yeah, he's Eric less is cast mean. well too. Yeah, Eric's cast well. Davin, he's a sophomore, which yeah. is like whoa, but. Rewatching that movie as an adult with my kids as a dad is so frustrating. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like an hour and a half of this movie could have been fixed in like a five second conversation <laughs> yeah. if you guys would just talk to each other. Oh my like, god! Right? <laughs> just be like, in the musical it makes sense, but like yeah. in the movie he's just like, no, yeah. you don't get. To- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I also think that in the musical it explains the human world better. Mm. Because uh, in just in Ariel's eyes, she doesn't. You can't hear her thoughts, and mm-hmm. in the musical, you can. Yeah. So I think it explains it better. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, tell me a little bit about the preparation for the the songs and the music. Um, you guys have been <laughs> rehearsing a lot. Yeah. Right? It's yes. been like I don't remember since how like many. December twelfth, I think. Yeah, because like, like it was the 12, beginning of trimester hours two. A week, right? Or, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, every day at least. Mostly bare minimum was like four to six mm. every school day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of the like soloists and stuff had to stay after till seven. Wow. But this last week, or well, what was supposed to be last week, snow days With took snow. half of it away. Right. Yeah. But it's supposed to be like four to seven. And this whole week, performance week, is four to nine. Wow. Yeah. So. It's like dress rehearsals. But musically, we had Hannah Feely. She's our music director. Mm-hmm. And she would stay at the piano and teach us each individual part. She would go through each voice part, like sopranos to basses. Wow, that's a lot of And work. we would learn it all. And just kind of build it. Uh-huh. And piece. we learned like two songs in a day, too. Yeah. And a lot of these people that are in the musical are also in choir. So they're incredibly talented. It helps in a lot. Yeah. Music, yeah. And it's really cool. And we also had like 45 minutes when we went on stage to do music. And she would pull us aside and we'd do like all these warm ups about like diction and volume and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, musically or instrumentally, what is the show gonna have? Uh, it's mainly just backing tracks. Okay. And like they also have to record certain people's voices because like Ariel's voice is like the ah thing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there's that. And then also Cadenza, Cadenza has, has a jazz solo. Yeah, it's okay. great. And Under the Sea. Because yeah. there's like this really long period of time where like we just dance and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he comes out and he does this whole thing and it's like ah. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a trumpet. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know Spoilers. if we dated that. <laughs> yeah. But it's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, musically, I think Miss Hannah might play um, the piano a little bit, but it's usually mostly just like the tracks yeah. that came with the show. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Well, the last thing I wanted to ask both of you is just what you're most excited about with the opening night coming up. Uh, what do you hope people kind of take away from the show? I mean, I don't know takeaways, but just I love the entire process of it so much because, like, the people are all so much fun to be around. Mm -hmm. And, like, memorizing songs and, like, getting stuff right and hitting dance moves is, like, it's just so fulfilling. Yeah. And I kind of hope, I guess, that that's kind of shows through and, like, people, like, see the show and enjoy it and, like, are able to, like, be, have fun and, like, experience all the work we've put in. Well, last, I, last word. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that we've worked really hard on the show. Yeah. 
it's not something you can do overnight. And we've worked really hard, and we've all really enjoyed being together and doing it together. Um, and that it's just something to have fun watching, too. It's not supposed to take everything serious. And it's like, sure, there's like little Easter eggs or something, like on cast <laughs> costumes and stuff. But you're just supposed to have fun watching it and enjoy watching it with your family or reminiscing of your childhood. <laughs> absolutely. It's just all about fun. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I also want to say, yeah? tech. They, this is such a tech-heavy show. It is, There's yeah. so many moving props, and like we literally had six hours yesterday to go mm. through all the tech cues, and we only got through Act 1. Wow. They have <laughs> so much stuff to do. That's crazy. And like, yeah, that's a assaults, huge production. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, everyone's stressed, but I mean, like, in a kind of good way. <laughs> yeah. And they put in so much work. Sorry, I just had to mention that. No, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for calling that. So the performances of Little Mermaid are going to be 6 p.m. opening night, March 2nd, this Friday, uh, the uh, Saturday the 3rd, and then the 9th and 10th of the following week, and then 2 p.m. matinees on the 4th and 11th, right here at the Richard R. Brown Fine Arts Center. <laughs> um, tickets are $10 for general, $8 for students, and free for high school students with the ASB card, right? Mm -hmm. um, tickets here at the door? Is that how we're Yeah, like at the yeah. lobby, you walk in through the main doors, and then there's usually a table here. And I think there will be concessions, because there was in Servant, but I don't know if that'll be a thing. Oh, yeah, and there's usually like a table are. for gifts you can buy the cast, and like t-shirt tables yeah, and stuff. Yeah, you get them, like, Usually all in the like, main lobby. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And there's also shirts that you can buy. They're like, I think they're like 20 bucks. And it's just like a shirt for Little Mermaid. And it's cool. 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 Well, I'm really excited. I'm definitely going to be out here with my kids. Hope you guys just make a huge splash. Yeah. Right? With the show. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for the <laughs> rim shot there. Hey, I'm AJ. I'm your uh, local Oddmos franchise owner. I'm Mike, co-founder of Oddmos. And we're the hosts of The Odd Pod, a podcast that about life in the pizza industry. We're going to have on some franchisees. We're going to have some different vendors on. We're going to get a snapshot of what goes on behind the scenes in uh, the pizza world. Don't forget to tell them about the sports. Their sports. And the crazy wacky pizza that we have every Wednesday that we create. And we also have a special guest every week as well. And I'm Gage, Odd Pod senior sports analyst. Gage, who gave you that title? Me. Oh boy. Find us on Spotify and Apple Music and the Podbean. Now Hear This Can Be is produced by me, Tyler Clausen. Our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie. And of course, our show is edited by Cameron Clausen. We also feature the vocal talents of Joy Struby and James Walden. So a round of applause to them. The song that you're hearing right now is Can Be by singer-songwriter Olivia Harms, used with her permission. To find more work from her, you can visit her website, olivia13.com. Now Hear This Can Be is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Canby's locally owned full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe, and we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com.
Um, I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though.